You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And we're doing something a little different this week, because it is the end of the year. The end of an era. The- is this an emergency <laughs> broadcast? Like, are we like, on this one? I don't know. Nah, it's, yeah, it's no. in the regular feed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's in the regular feed. It's coming way after everybody else has already published their list. And lists. we do this every year. Can I ask you a quick question, though? What are my favorite movies of 2022? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a that'd be a great quick question. No, I'm saying like this year. Does this year feel a little different to you in terms of like ranking movies? I kind of feel it went really fast. I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, you kind of feel long, that. But the years are short. What? <laughs> I guess I kind of feel that every year where you're like, wow, did I did I see a whole year of movies? Do I have enough to make? A list? Could one possibly make a list of 2022? I really hope there is somebody out there binging best of episodes and they've listened to like our past previous episodes. Like you say this every fucking year. Like I'm I'm certain every year it is. It goes exactly the same. I've told you this before. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, though, but I'm not I am not going to fact check this because this is just an internal fact that I have kept I read it one way, when, one time and I've just kept it forever, that as you get older, you actually perceive time faster. And so time actually does feel like it's slipping by the older you get. <laughs> like it's an actual physical, I don't know if it has to do with like your size in relation to the world and how you perceive time. But yeah, time actually does feel faster. Oh, good. Those long summers when you were a child were actually long. So you're saying the (laughs) older I get, the less movies I should watch. And the faster you are to dying. Okay, good news. Let's celebrate 2022 by looking back at at the movies that shocked us, (laughs) terrified us, and spookified our lives. Yeah, that's right. We are counting down our favorite horror movies of 2022, Nightmare on Film Street's official Best of Horror 2022. <laughs> However that works. Now, so what, what I'm getting at here is, uh, you know, normally, in previous years, we have done two fucking lists. We've put together, like, best movies that came out this year and best movies at the film festival circuit that have not come out yet. Mm-hmm. That's kind of impossible to do for 2022 because... I, I think anything post-pandemic because movies have been going on such a shorter cycle than they used to. Yeah, especially it's like a lot of the movies that we saw on the film festival circuit that we really, really liked have already come out. So you guys have probably already had a chance to see them as well, which is perfect because I kind of hate showing up and talking about 10 movies you can't see. It seems rude. Um, <laughs> it's, but it's impolite. But it's it's also kind of nice to just be like, hey, here are some fucking movies to look forward to next year. It is nice to do a top 10 list of movies not everybody has seen yet. So you can be like, there are movies for you to watch from this list. But th- this year seems even more in flux in terms of putting together our best ofs. Why do you say that? Uh, well, I want to ask you here right now on the podcast because we've sort of... I, I would say this is the most last-minute recording we've ever done for a year-end episode. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most <laughs> polite way to say that is right. I did put this together two minutes ago. I did just put this list together. But we also haven't necessarily talked about the structure of the episode. I'm a swift lister, though. I always put my, my list together really quick. I don't like to think about it too much. I 
am you like very to maudlin yeah. about it. You, I, you, <laughs> it becomes a we... melodramatic <laughs> episode of my life. Even afterwards, you're like, ooh, did I do it? Was it right? Was I know, that the and final? then I have to edit the podcast. I'm like, oh, I disagree with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm asking you is whether or not we should shake things up. Like we usually like I can put RRR on the list. No, it's got to be horror. <laughs> no, we got it. We got to stick. That's genre. my number one, guys. <laughs> we got to stick horror and thriller. I think is the way to go. It's about friendship. <laughs> you can start your own little side podcast for that. <laughs> okay, uh, it's a great goddamn movie. I loved it. We've seen it. I don't know twice. We'll probably see it a third time. So good, but not perfect for this episode. Uh, what I'm saying is, do we? come at this differently rather than the both of us putting together our top 10 lists do we collectively build a top 10 list or well take the pressure off real fully and well i guess one option there is just like just pick movies and don't rank them like in no particular oh, no. order we're doing this how we've always done it uh, so you don't want to do like a collective top 10 you don't want to you work with me on building a list no, or even a top 20 no we're gonna we go, could go top 20 we're gonna no we're just gonna go back and forth like we normally I do i hate the idea of our lists being identical well so this is what's fun about it though is that there's always little deviations between like 10 to 5 and then 5 to 1 it's like they correct and they align more all i'm saying is that i got a handful of indie movies that i'm like yeah maybe not like in my top five movies that's what honorable um, mentions are for ah it's more work <laughs> you're asking me to do a whole other episode you told me we were doing a whole other episode i what? again said it was in flux like who knows what the future holds maybe stop. we don't do that stop trying to break the wheel that is rolling <laughs> i just uh okay well every- this is a ranking now, god darn rank it. <laughs> but our top five are going to be the same movies. It seems so boring. Are like, they? I think so. Like, I really think this could be a fun opportunity for me to just be like, hey, here are some weird movies. Y'all want to see some, like, fucking crazy So stuff? write an article for the website. I have already. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... It's December. It's the end of the year. Uh, after watching 500, according to Letterboxd, oh after God. watching 578 <laughs> movies, over 900 hours of cinema. I didn't even log anything co- this year. Well, that's why I have to do it. Well, somebody's got to do it. Anyway, here are the movies that we liked the most this year. You want to kick it off? Oh, are we starting the the list list? Are you gonna? Apparently, we are. Like, I I was trying to say like we could get real funky with this. Like, we could we could literally collectively so do you come wanna... up with about twenty titles and then and then so do you live wanna... on the podcast sort it together. So you want to each say like our ten and then pick which one wins and then that's our ten. I was thinking we could if if we're going to build the I'm list together. I'm just gonna together. barf out film titles. That is very anticlimactic. Nah, but we get the, the, the deciding the order is the climactic part. Like, who cares? Is what the movie titles are. I've already decided my order. And, okay. And what I say goes for my list. <laughs> so, so now having said all of the things that I said, I cheated for number 10. You cheated for number 10. I have two movies as my number 10. No. Yes. <laughs> no. You're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna put your goddamn foot down on making this a fun episode? I'm it's, putting it down on you not being a... It, one of those goes in the honorable mentions. It's my fucking list. Nah. And my number 10... Well, then I'll pick for you. My number 10 is X and Pearl. I guess that counts. <laughs> I guess that counts. Which one do you like more? Um, so we, it's complicated. Yeah. Because I would say that X is more traditional horror. It's definitely on the list because of its uh, style. I love the 70s vibe. I was expecting a little bit more substance, as is custom with Ty West. But 
I think it's a really gorgeous slasher. It just doesn't have a lot of meat to it. Whereas Pearl, I feel, makes X better because um, Mia Goth is really awesome in it. And she is performing her heart out. Though Pearl is, I guess, like a dark personal journey, Mm -hmm. X is like full slasher mode, which I enjoy. I still feel like you should be picking one of these movies to go ahead of the other one. Feels... No, this is a this is a oil and vinegar dip your bread situation. Okay. So my this is the big fucking problem with me is that I would love to do five to one and then come back to <laughs> ten to six. Because <laughs> now I, I the, the the most stressful part is picking those first four because once you know how the rest of the list goes, it's like well shit, if I hadn't done that, I would have made me like move some stuff around, you put that David Cronenberg trouble. movie up in number ten, which is not unfortunately in my top ten. The movie is very weird and very fun, but more of an honorable mention. Okay, just number ten, please. Ah. <laughs> Why are you making this so difficult? Uh, every time I look at my list, I'm just I, I just want to move stuff around. I just want to move stuff around. Just say a movie. Number ten, I'm picking a movie that it, probably the most recent on this list in terms of releases is a uh, is a Japanese movie called Missing. I know Kim's not super nuts about this movie because it made her very sad. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, but it is a serial killer story. I think we've talked about it in the podcast a little bit already. Uh, it's a story about a girl whose father thinks that he has spotted a serial killer that has a large reward on his head. You know, like, you know, contact the police. Let us know any information that leads to the arrest of this wanted person will get you, I don't know, a hundred grand. And he says he tells her that he thinks he spotted this guy and everybody calls him no name. Uh, and then the next morning. He's gone. He's just fucking missing. She has no idea where he went. Best she can figure is that he went to go find the serial killer uh, and then maybe is killed by that serial killer. And that's just kind of where it goes from there. It really is an onion of a movie that peels back layers uh, and just continues to evolve. And yeah, it's kind of a bummer. But I'm surprised that's on your list. It's very dark. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I, I watched it at a film festival, cried by myself in the living room, <laughs> showed it to Kim, made her cry. I remember the beginning of the movie being like is this gonna make me sad as in if it's gonna make me sad I do not want to watch it and, and was I was like, like that's right we're pressing play on this three hour sad movie <laughs> no, his response was yeah <laughs> and that's the kind of heat I'm bringing at number 10 missing okay so my number 9 film mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna go with Prey it's a good movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. And maybe it's because it's the first movie that we watched on our new TV. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was a really stunning movie. And it was really gorgeous and kind of sad that I didn't get to see it in a theater. This one was, was this straight to Hulu? Or straight to... Yeah, Hulu in the States, Disney Plus in Canada. Yeah, and so like there wasn't really any opportunity to see it in a theater, but... We really like set the mood for it, like fully dark living room, big sound. Mm-hmm. Um, our TV screen is bigger than our older one was, so I really appreciated that. And by big sound, she just means like the the you know cheap sound bar we bought. Whatever, we, we <laughs> turned it up loud. We made it loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it, and I I thought it was a nice addition to the Predator universe. It follows an Aboriginal warrior who is trying to like be part of the pack, but she's not being taken seriously. And she's got a dog who's great. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Predator stuff. <laughs> oh man, the Predator in this movie's so good. Uh, yeah, like this uh, didn't quite make it on my list. It's 
real high on the honorable mentions list. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, directed by Jan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. The cool thing about this movie is that anybody can, not anybody, but like anybody with a Hulu subscription or a Disney Plus subscription can basically watch it right now, which is rad. I think more people saw it than would have if maybe it went to the movie theater. It definitely grabbed more eyes than just like your standard action, you know, genre fan but was kind of like one of the biggest bummers of the year that we couldn't see it in a movie theater. Yeah. I would have killed to have seen this on a big screen. It was, I'm not even exaggerating, but like it made it on this list because of how gorgeous it is. It, yeah. it yeah. was a real joy to watch. <laughs> okay. My number nine movie uh, is a movie from Thailand directed by a Canadian filmmaker called The Sadness. Is this on your list? No, it's not because we saw it like eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Eight, eight years ago, meaning August of 2021, we saw this movie. But yeah, it came out officially in 2022. Uh, that's always the interesting thing about some of these lists is uh, remembering movies that you saw over a year ago. But uh, super violent movie, crazy violent movie, ultra violent movie. But man, some of the violence in this movie is pretty fucking amazing. Uh, and I highly encourage you to check it out. Yeah, it's like if Train to Busan was deeply upsetting. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's 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 also just one of those movies that, like, uh, is definitely not going to be for everyone because of how violent it is, but does not hold back on its own premise. Like, we have a rage virus, like a zombie virus, going around that makes people do the most awful shit imaginable. And some of that includes sexual violence. Like, when you think about rage zombies and people just being out of control, there is a bit of restraint, you know, in in how extreme it gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know. I just think this is, a, this is a movie that really delivers on what it says it's going to do. Uh, I don't think it's all just for, you know, sheer shock value. I think it's got a cool story to it. And yeah, it's like crazy fucking gory. <laughs> there's there's an amazing scene in the beginning of the movie where somebody just gets like a whole hot pot thrown on their face and it just melts off. Is that why you've been in a hot pot phase? I just, it's cold outside. I want a hot spicy food. Come on. <laughs> it warms you up. It keeps you, <laughs> it clears your sinuses. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, huge, the train, uh, a murder sequence that's in a subway car. It's got, a whole lot of gory set pieces. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of the movies that I responded to most this year were indie movies. That's great. All right. That's a well, that's a good pick. You, you're really filling it for me because I'm putting a lot of um, studio films on my list. That's, oh man, and, and it's stressing me out. I'm already looking at my list going like there's fucking 10 movies that would have, they, that were fighting for the 10 and 9 spot and they're all good and they're all gone now. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, so my number eight film, I'm going with Nope from Jordan Peele. Okay. I had a real hard time figuring out where to put this on the list because I knew it deserved to be on the list. Yeah. The scope of the film alone, it felt like those old tentpole movies that you used to go see at the theater. Oh, yeah. And there hasn't been like a tentpole movie for us in a really long time. <laughs> and going, um, going for like this horror sci-fi action adventure film that had that filled all of those buckets and filled them all well was really great it's not often you get to see a blockbuster movie made for you yes as a horror exactly film, right like if exactly. it's not the conjuring or halloween it's well it's usually just one of those two things it's already a franchise 
Exactly. And um, if you've heard me talk about this movie before, you know I had a really hard time with it just because all of the Gordy stuff really, like, really hit me. <laughs> it was a really hard watch for me. And I was like, okay, maybe that was just the first time I saw it. Maybe I was just like an off day. <laughs> and then I saw it again and it was worse. So I haven't revisited it a third time yet. And I'm kind of glad I haven't. I'm giving myself a break from the movie. But even though, like, it it was, like, heart-wrenching in a way, I still think I should appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One of the best movies of the year, for sure. And I also just really love that Wild West town and how yeah. kitschy it is and Stephen Young. <laughs> and, um, I know. You are such a slut for horses and for action adventures. Just kitsch. It's the, the cheesy town and, like, the little alien stuffies and the cactus slushy. Oh, you'd spend an entire day on I would. in that, oh in that my little God. town. <laughs> I'd be like, yeehaw. Can I get, get a little bourbon? Can I get a little sarsaparilla in that cactus juice? Yeah, that's you for sure. I'm glad that's on your list because uh, uh, it makes my honorable mention list. Yeah, I did not. Um... It was hard because I definitely had a response to this movie. It's complicated when a movie like evokes an emotional response and you're like, well, I have to appreciate it just because I don't like that I'm sad. It pulled something out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you what you mean. My number eight movie is another, uh, you know, this, this would make, oh, what a great double bill with the sadness. This is just, you know, two movies from 2022 that made everybody mad. <laughs> I am talking about Dash Cam. Oh, wow. Yeah, fucking found footage, batshit, crazy Dash Cam. Uh, obviously, Rob Savage, Jed Shepard, Gemma Hurley's follow-up to host uh, this movie follows a, uh, you know, COVID-denying sort of Trump supporter character who has uh, found you herself. You love movies that make people mad. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, but that's not true. I don't know why I immediately agreed to that. I guess it's true. I don't know. Like, I do, I like movies with complicated characters because I don't feel like I should have to agree with the person that's on screen mm-hmm. like I just want to see a character get dropped into some crazy shit and I want to see them deal with it and Annie the the character in dash cam is a character that I haven't necessarily seen in a movie um, before and it's definitely a person that exists in real life and to see them have to sort of navigate a sort of like evil dead to fucking you know maybe evil satanic cult scenario and, and was also great making a lot of moral decisions on the fly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it also just has, like, some of the, the coolest found footage scares. Um, I was going to say of the year. There's not very many found footage movies this year, but, like, some incredible found footage scares, some great cinematography. There's some real great execution in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I really dug this one. But I think, yeah, would, would The Sadness and Dash Cam were definitely two of the more polarizing movies of the year for different reasons and for good reasons both. I'm, I'm glad they made your list because it would have been on my honorable mentions. So right. I'm, I'm glad that our, our 20 is, is hitting all corners this is of- so this is also why i was trying to pitch us doing a collective top 20 but i think look- we, we we both could have could have had this movie on our list but look we're still doing it we're still friends <laughs> we're not fighting yet it's great it's on the, your list is my list is your list is my list oh you've always been list <laughs> <laughs> uh so my number seven pick which i think might be a little bit higher on your list if it's on your list at all okay well here's here's my question if we're starting to get an overlap territory do we talk about it now or do we talk about it if it shows up later how well, do you I'm, feel i'm gonna say what i like <laughs> you're gonna it. okay I'll, <laughs> if, if it's on my list i'll keep my mouth shut then. <laughs> you can save your opinions for later uh, all right uh so my number seven pick stay over here in my corner <laughs> i went with rob zombies the monsters 
It's real quiet. <laughs> it's like my number 11. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to put it on so bad. And like, I was just like, am I really going to put this sad Japanese movie ahead of Rob Zombie's goofy, kooky monsters? So I am so happy to hear that it's on your list. I feel like this this year was... Especially looking at my list, like, after having made it, is, like, I've gone full aesthetic queen, hmm. and I've picked things that I'm just like, this movie was beautiful, number eight. I <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm feel really at peace and released with my list. Just, just completely, like, Nosferatu, best Nosferatu of the year. Oh, my God. Number seven. Richard Brake <laughs> as a neon-lit Nosferatu? So good. The, just the lighting, the color, the cheese... Who cares? There was no story. I don't care. I Yeah, they fall in it. love. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I fucking loved Sherry Zombie's fucking cool ass fur hat. Right? I loved the whole thing. Her. I loved it. It was a pleasure. Yeah, everybody in that movie just like level 10 performance, just absolutely killing it. it looks amazing. They get a fucking pet in like the they go on a honeymoon in France, they get a pet in the sewer and then they just move to California and their real estate agent is Elvira. <laughs> Loved it. Loved yeah. it. What a fun movie. Yeah, it was a great Halloween watch. It was just like a great afternoon watch. Just That's the other thing. I think a lot of it came down to when we watched it. Now I know it came out, was it October 1st? Like it, it was already, even fuck, if it came out September 1st, it was already the Hall well, Halloween season. It was weird because it didn't come out on Netflix in Canada and we were expecting it to. And so we ended up having to rent it and we had to find time. And Yeah, uh, which didn't end up happening until Halloween Day. Yeah. We watched... The Monsters on Halloween Day, and it was the absolute best time to watch it. And then I had a nap, a Halloween nap. <laughs> had a Halloween nap. It was a nap. great day. <laughs> now, this is also showing up on my honorable mentions, but I mean, a quick shout out to another great Halloween movie, The Curse of Bridge Hollow. That one's on my honorable mention list. Right? Th th those, are, those two movies embody the spirit of Halloween, and I... Very much look forward to watching them again next October. Yeah, I was really surprised with that one. It was very like the Goosebumps live action movies that came out, but it just had a lot of heart and the comedy was good. It was just fun. Yeah, who doesn't like fun? My number seven pick is Chloe Akuno's Watcher. Michael Monroe's engaged. She's moving with her fiancé to Romania for a new job. She doesn't know the language. She's very unfamiliar with the country. Um, so she feels incredibly out of place, and she starts to, to feel and see and know that there is a person that is stalking her. And she can't necessarily communicate what's going on. No one's necessarily believing her, but she knows for absolute certain that somebody is watching her and it is such a good tight thriller i fucking loved all of the suspenseful scenes of this movie like if you like brian de palma's movies and you like the the tension in sequences where people are being followed in those movies i think you'll really really dig watcher it's got some great cinematography and also uh seem is the only movie that's able to make a plastic bag the scariest fucking thing in your world definitely wins the best shot of the year award oh more than one best shot of the year there's oh. just literally just like a double exposure shot of micah monroe looking out the window at snow falling down between her building and the apartment next door and it's beautiful is this a christmas movie <laughs> it's going on the list we're calling it a christmas movie it might be i don't know yeah what i love about this movie especially is the language barrier adds like a whole other layer of isolation yeah she's so alone in this city it's so dark and creepy 
Uh, so this is kind of fun, kind of a, a thematic line between our two picks. My okay. number six is also a female-directed creepy killer movie. I went with Mimi Cave's Fresh. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. It was a really fun take on uh, creepy cannibalism. Is that a I don't know why I should. At this point, it's not. Okay. There's a hand as the poster. <laughs> it's a whole all, hand. yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, it was the best kept secret for a little while, but then, like, all the marketing and everything kind of, like, took it. I remember trying to do, we interviewed the writer Lauren Kahn and the director Mimi Cave for the podcast, and I remember having a real hard time being like, how much of this cannibalism are we going to get into? Sebastian Stan is amazing as the killer. He uh, he has a really wonderful kitchen making dinner dance sequence <laughs> that is probably the sole reason why it landed, it landed so high on the list, but okay. I... Again, the aesthetic, it's got this great 60s vibe, his apartment. He's got a sunken living room and a bar cart, and I just love it. <laughs> um, it's it's real fun. This was another one on my honorable mention list. I love when a movie can just be like a tight hour and a half and just deliver on all fronts. And you're just, thank you. I enjoyed that. I will watch it again. Thank you much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Fresh and Watcher were like the two two big runaway hits from Sundance. I think Speak No Evil was like the real one that all the horror journalists were, were talking about. Spoiler alert, not on this episode, I don't think. Unless you put it on your list, it's uh, it's it's like way down on my honorable mentions list, unfortunately. But my number six, is that what we're on? Number six pick? Yep. Number six, another little found footage movie. Directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. Oh, yay! Called Deadstream. Is this showing up later on your list? I'm going maybe. to not. It's maybe showing up later <laughs> on your list? Okay, yeah. Well, watch stream hit shutter in October. Deadstream. Deadstream hit shutter early, earlier this year in October for Halloween, which is perfect because it's set on Halloween night. It follows a disgraced Twitch streamer who's spending a night in a haunted house. And uh, the director, co-director, Joe, and co-director, co-writer co-producer joseph winter is the star of the movie uh it's basically just him and you know a few small other roles that kind of pop up in fun ways throughout the movie uh it's a found footage movie so it was probably already guaranteed to have a spot in this list but it's super fun really funny and not to monopolize this entire conversation before kim has a chance to talk about it i'm uh, just sitting quiet does one of the most genius things a fan footage movie has done, and it justifies having a score. Uh, it also justifies... You know what? Let's, let's just leave it at that. We'll talk again in a minute when we get to when we get to Kim's Corner, but... Uh, Kim's Corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dead stream. Super fun. Highly recommend you check that out. All right, cool. So I think we're going to start hitting our, like, oh, this is on your list, this is on my list, too. Maybe. Uh, because my number five pick... I'm going to look at you while I say this, is out there, WNUF2 Halloween Megatape. Yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, a.k.a. WNUF2? Is that even in the title? Nope, Either way, we... not in the title whatsoever. <laughs> uh, we talked about this one recently, if you are a regular listener of the podcast. It is a Halloween mockumentary found footage-ish movie that is like putting a recorded VHS into your player and not really knowing what's on it. You're in a fictional world of what what is the guy's name? Trader Tony. Trader Tony who has compiled uh like a best of of Halloween content. 
Are you trying to like purposely remain vague? I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) It starts with a daytime talk show, like every daytime talk show you definitely watched in the 90s. Uh, Ivy Sparks is doing a Halloween special where she's visited by such guests as uh, a goth who needs a makeover. Yep. (laughs) A goth vampire who needs a makeover. uh, A woman who is... Uh, having an affair with a ghost she met in her Ouija board and some other really great stuff. And then the second part of the tape is a live UFO special. And now disgraced Ivy Sparks is a co-host. Is of- she disgraced or is she just fired? Oh, disgraced, got fired, whatever. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Those are two very different things. <laughs> Well, I think her ego is bruised, so there's sure, that. Yeah. They took her show away and they made her like the, the, the second talking head on a Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah, and the, the entire thing is packaged up with a bunch of really authentic looking 90s commercials that are so close to being real. It's crazy. It's wild. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I love found footage. I love uh, really pushing the boundaries of authenticity with your filmmaking and and how to make something feel like it's real so you can really bring the viewer along for the ride and WINUF the whole franchise series is doing something unlike a lot of other found footage films and I find they're really blurring the lines Um, and it's just a real fun watch the first one was really great the second one is super fun and it's something different the first one was a seance type thing a la ghost watch and the second one is more sci-fi and uh, uh, a little bit more silly I like it hell yeah I'm gonna talk about out there Halloween mega tape later Uh, but my number five pick again a movie we talked about a little bit last year, but had its full uh, actual release this year. Again, on Shudder. Half my list is probably Shudder movies. We're talking about the Adams Family's Hellbender. Mm. Love this fucking movie. Like, punk rock witch movie set in the woods. Uh, like, punk rock, not even just in like the subject matter, but in just how it's made. It's a family of filmmakers that came together to make their own shit. Uh, this is their, like, seventh movie together. Uh, Hellbender is a story about a witch with her daughter living alone in the woods. They uh, basically exist away from polite society. They eat living things to gain energy from them. They can eat plants, but if they start eating people and animals, they can have uh, really strong witchy powers. And of course, uh, the teenage daughter has her first taste of blood and mom has to try and rein her in before she becomes like a bloodthirsty crazy witch like we've all heard of in uh, you know 16th century folklore it's also got a rad soundtrack that's written and recorded by the family themselves i mean even in the movie toby poser and and zelda adams their their characters are in a band uh, just like a little two piece of bass and drums and the the fucking music rocks it's super short and also just like has some of like the the coolest indie uh, creativity in it that you'll see this year. Hmm. Speaking of really cool music, my number four pick. Uh-huh. I think this will be a little bit of a surprise for you because we watched it very recently. Oh. Uh, run, sweetheart, run. No shit. Yeah. This is number four for you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie and had a real fun time with it. Not only is the score fantastic, surprisingly fantastic. Yeah. But it it lives in like a John Wick universe in my head. Like okay. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's 
got a really simple premise. A girl goes on a date, but it's more of a corporate date. She's doing her boss a favor Mm -hmm. and taking uh, a client out. And the date goes really well, so much so that they head back to his place. But then it takes a turn for the worse, and she's got to get away from him. I think the thing that you liked most about this movie maybe was how surprising everything after the date is. Is that what I'm getting? Is it's that the vibe a, I'm getting? It's got a twist to it. And yeah. it was one that hadn't been spoiled for me and that I was not expecting. And you're trying and to preserve that for anybody who hasn't seen it? Elevated the film immensely. <laughs> okay. So in other words, we won't talk about the last 70 minutes of this 90-minute movie. Exactly. Okay. Uh, it was a really fun movie. And... Uh, Something that had fallen under our radar, I think it originally played in festivals in 2020. We just couldn't make the time to see it. And then it it dropped in October, and I didn't hear a whole lot about it, but it seemed like a lot of people were digging it, and so we finally checked it out, and I was like, yo, holy shit, people are right. This is good. <laughs> For one time, people are right. Yeah, I had a, I had a real fun time. My number four movie, a movie that I'm I'm assuming will probably show up again later, so I'll just go ahead and take the floor here right now for Barbarian. Holla! Man, what a great movie. Another movie that is sort of like punctu like your your appreciation of it is punctuated by how surprising it is. I think some of that uh maybe possibly spoiled it for other people. We went to the movies to see this because we like seeing movies at the theater. That's really all it came down to. I don't think either of us were really impressed by the trailer. It seemed like kind of a standard movie that you had seen before. Standard's maybe not the right word for it, but like a girl goes to an Airbnb, it's double booked, fucking, uh, there's a scars guard there, and like maybe you can't trust the scars guard. <laughs> you can never trust the Because he looks like a scars guard. Uh, and yeah, like w- whether he has anything to do with the darker elements of this horror movie, at the very least, it's a movie about an Airbnb that isn't what it seems. And yeah, you think you've seen that movie before. You definitely have not seen what this movie is is and if you haven't seen it and you haven't had many people sort of like gush about it in your ear like I highly encourage you to maybe skip the next 15 seconds and just go watch it but like goddamn this movie as it reveals its secrets is pretty amazing like should we talk about this is it is it enough has enough time gone by that we can talk about barbarian well, a I'm little not better talking about it at all you're not talking about it at all okay well Yeah, it's not just that there's a murder room in the basement. It's what else is in the basement that's so great about this movie. And I just think has, like, the lead is amazing in the movie. The the, the side performances in in the movie are amazing. And I think has, like, the best 30 seconds of a movie this year, period, across the board. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, one of the best slam cut to credits of the last decade. And that's where I'm going to leave it. That's my number four, Barbarian, which I think in Canada is available on Disney+. Plus. I think it's playing on Hulu right now in the States. If you missed it in the theater, you can watch it at home right now. Hmm. Wish I had compiled all of that for the rest of them. Like I said, most of my movies are on Shudder. But, uh, but yeah, Barbarian. So we're heading to the top three. Yeah. And uh, my number three mm-hmm. hasn't been mentioned yet. Okay. Which is interesting. Okay. What's- um. So I'm going with a little Netflix film Netflix that landed this year that we were very highly anticipating upon sealing the trailer. Day Shift. Oh, shit. The Jamie Foxx vampire hunting 
Teeth have value movie. <laughs> teeth have value. Vampire teeth. Let's remember that. It's not just teeth. <laughs> Somebody showed up at your fucking pawn shop with some vampire teeth, I mean, you'd buy them. Teeth have always had value if you were a grave digger. Um, <laughs> this is a world where, you know, vampires are real. People know about them. I guess some people know about them. Does everybody know about them? No. It's like a John Wick universe. Like, not everybody knows that half the world is an assassin. Either way, (laughs) Jamie Foxx is a vampire hunter. He's working with a bureaucrat who's uh, silly and annoying. It's James Franco? Dave Franco. He's trying to get, he's trying to get back into the vampire height hunting union, and Dave Franco is basically his whatever. Chaperone. It's a universe of vampire hunting. I mean, you don't really need to understand it to just enjoy it because it kicks so much ass. Right. This is like a a stunt movie dream. Uh, we've got vampires who are very very nimble. So many necks get broken in this movie. There's so much twisting and jumping and karate chopping, and then there's also lots of gun violence. So if you're into that, that's also there. Right. Snoop Dogg has a gigantic chain gun called Big Bertha. Like, it's got a sticker on the side of it. And he's wearing a fucking cowboy hat throughout the movie. But yeah, this is like the first ever Evil Dead movie in a vampire universe. Oh, I like that description. And I just had a total blast watching it. Yeah, great pick, Kim. Uh, very surprised to see that so high on your list, but I do uh, vividly remember all the hooting and hollering coming from you in the <laughs> living room during that movie. <laughs> I mean, fuck, you went on NPR to talk about how fun that movie was. Yeah. <laughs> that num- was a real highbrow day for me. Yeah, that was good. My my number three, which I thought was, until you mentioned Netflix, was was also going to be your number three, uh, just ha- given that it hadn't appeared on the list yet, because I'm starting to think that maybe it's not going to be on your list at all. Anna Lily Amrapour's Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. That's my number three. That was a real fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you, I don't know why I've got my back up against the wall. Let me just calm down a quick second. That's right. I brought some fun I just to the list. wasn't sure if it was horror enough to make the list. I also am not sure if it's <laughs> horror enough to make the list. Because I couldn't have RRR even though it had lots of blood and violence. That is w- way different than Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Just because it's a musical. Okay, well, you know, if RRR had a character who broke out of a mental institution with uh, telekinetic abilities that could force people to hurt themselves or, you know, take money out of the bank for her, and if it also had a, uh, you know, uh, strip dancing Kate Hudson with, like, the longest fucking fingernails and the baddest attitude of the entire movie, then yeah, maybe RRR could be on the list, but it doesn't, so Mona and Lisa and the Blood Moon is what takes it. Uh, It's also got Craig Robinson just doing crazy. Craig Robinson, fuck is he funny. In, He's so good. Right? In everything. It just steals the show. Uh, but yeah, Kate Hudson, 100% is the reason to watch this movie. I've heard good things about her in Glass Onion, but I don't know if any of those people have seen Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon yet. Yeah, this was a really great year for her, actually, now that you mention it. Yep. Uh, such a fun character in a way you've never seen her before. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is a vibe of a movie. And yeah, it doesn't... The, the really interesting thing about it, and I, I hope this doesn't ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, it doesn't have a lot of horror elements. It deals with sort of like weird cosmic uh, stuff. <laughs> and, but the, the, re- the really interesting thing about the movie is that you are constantly waiting for it to get bad. And you encounter people who are going to make it very bad. And then it kind of just keeps drifting down this lazy river of just keeping on keeping on like the movie has a very chill vibe despite looking 
like a dangerous movie. Yeah. You know? It, it feels like it's going to be bad news bears the whole time, but yeah. it's kind of just like, okay, news bears. Yeah. It's got, it's got the suspense and tension of, of, a, of a, you know, day gone wrong kind of movie, but it turns out to just be a fun, chill time. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I don't know. I think for all of that, I think it's a genre enough movie to put on the list. And it really plays with like your expectations of people and types of people and kind of like the preconceived notions you have because yeah. everybody in this movie is surprising. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. It's absolutely the least horror movie on my list. I'll give you that. You know, it doesn't have any like monsters. And what number did you put it? I put it on number three. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I, I just, I tried to keep things simple when I made my list this year. I put a movie on and then I put another movie and I said, okay, do I like that more or less than this other movie I just put on? And I just kind of kept working that way. Uh, and yeah, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon is a movie that I liked a lot more than a lot of other movies I saw this year. Uh, but, you know, honestly, all these 10 movies, they're my children today uh, i love them all equally but i'm ranking them in <laughs> Mr. order of height right i don't want to what if we just don't rank the movies yeah i would love to not rank movies That'd yeah but you would sneak in like 13 because you know i can't count past 10 hell yeah baby <laughs> so my number two pick uh john had already brought it up on the podcast but i put it a little bit higher just because i love fun mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. Deadstream. Everybody knows I love a found footage film, and this one is a YouTube live stream in a haunted house. Like, how could you go wrong? Super fun. A fully committed performance by Joseph Winter, the director. Right. He's just a blast. He plays such a, like, an annoying YouTuber to a (laughs) T. And he's so fun to watch because, like a YouTuber, they have to keep the interest level at a 10 the whole time so like you have all of these silly hijinks he's got his own tape recorder playing his own score he's got like a wheel of trouble to get into oh i love that fucking wheel <laughs> <laughs> I, I remembered it while i was doing my big spiel and i was like i'll save it for kim let's yeah. let her have the wheel <laughs> he's constantly just trying to provoke the ghosts he's going into like rooms where alleged things have happened and he's trying to just you know cause a stir and no, those those scenes where he's got like a tablet and he's showing photographs that were so taken great. in the room yeah so great it's a really great use of the medium too because he's it's live streaming it's got that youtube show quality it's got that live uncut feel so you mm-hmm. feel like you're watching something in real time it's a really effective tight little film it's fun it's funny and the special effects are super great yeah it's i don't think it's a spoiler alert to say that ghosts happen to uh to visit him throughout the night and they are very tangible and very gross and just lovely lovely for a horror fan <laughs> what a fun movie i'm very happy that's so high on your list not a surprise like oh a found footage movie made it into kim's top three like who could have <laughs> guessed that yeah yeah what a what a great movie and honestly one of two found footage projects from the two of them they also had a segment in vhs 99 uh which actually closes out the movie uh, it's also great. I don't know if we're talking about that movie soon. Who knows? Might might make its way onto honorable if, mentions. Uh, we already know what my number one is. We already know what Kim's number one is. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if I do. I have some thoughts, but we'll save it. My number two 
because I like fun. I also like oh, fun. you like fun? I like fun sometimes. <laughs> is out there Halloween Megatape, a.k.a. WNUF Part 2. Oh, yay. Yeah, what a fucking fun movie. It's a fully immersive experience. Like, yeah, you felt like you were in the 80s watching WNUF. You really feel like you're reliving some of the 90s that you spent sitting in front of a television with out there Halloween Megatape. Uh, yeah, kooky characters across the board. Like, It's just like a thousand people in a thousand great performances and all of these uh, you know fake commercials and like you're saying they, they really do feel like they're pulled from real life there's actually there are a few commercials in there that surprisingly resemble commercials f- that we grew up with in Toronto uh, just like local businesses and whatnot but yeah I love 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 this movie I don't I don't know which half I like more I don't know if I like the talk show half more than the alien cult the unsolved mysteries spoof sightings spoof that's that's the second half I think it all totally works and it is it is just a blast of indie filmmaking it's so funny because when we first saw this in the theater we saw it at the nightmares film festival mm-hmm. in Columbus Ohio I didn't know what we were gonna expect and when I first saw like the opening credits for the Ivy Sparks show yeah, I was like, oh, I hope this isn't just like, like we're going to change the channel next. in a second. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I really hope we get to watch this show. I loved these shows and we actually get to watch the whole fake show and I great. fucking love it. Yeah, man, what a fun movie. And the like the most pure indie movie on the fil- on the list, I think. Like it's not streaming on Shutter, it's not streaming anywhere. You could it's done its festival run. If you want to watch it, you gotta buy it. <laughs> and you gotta buy it from the filmmakers, which is kinda cool. Uh like independent you- distribution, you gotta give them credit. Right. Are you gonna say the website? Or- yeah, sorry, yeah, you can get it at <laughs> wnuf.bigcartel.com. All right, number one pick. Number one pick. It's already come up a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, but I don't think it was high enough. Got it. Uh, I'm going to go with my number one pick of the year as Barbarian. Yeah, that's your number one, eh? Yes. It's a good movie. And I think it's a great movie to pick for 2022, kind of like this weird post-pandemic, but everybody's got respiratory illnesses still <laughs> world uh, where we're all going back to the theater cautiously, but like we're really embracing it because we really missed it. And this was my favorite theater experience of the year. Oh, yeah. I went into this movie, we saw it opening weekend, so it hadn't been spoiled for us. And this movie is a ride. I would almost say it comes in acts. There there are bits of the movie that are completely unlike the stuff that came before it. And there are hard cuts to them. So you think you're going somewhere and something crazy happens. And then you're on a complete different road. And you just have to follow it. You're watching a movie. You just have to let them take you where they're taking you. And um, for not knowing what's going to happen next... That's so refreshing. Right. Most movies now follow such a tight formula that you can kind of like within 15 minutes of watching the movie, you can kind of plot out the rest of it. This movie, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I was so grateful to be able to just turn off my brain for an hour and a half in the dark in the movie theater, enjoy my popcorn and just watch this wild movie with a bunch of other people who had no idea what was going on. Just everybody hooting, hollering and screaming and gasping and cringing and laughing. It was a blast. Yeah, it is so great when you go off book. Like when you're with a movie that you're just like, I, it's completely unpredictable from here on out. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, the last theater experience that was like this was Malignant. And 
And I honestly, seeing Malignant, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be, ne we're never going to replicate this craziness again. And Barbarian brought that same kind of theater experience where people were just like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Kudos to the marketing department for not ruining it. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. I, we and listened expert use of Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> like weaponized use of Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> weaponized Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> Uh, again, this is like mild spoiler for Barbarian if you haven't seen it, so go ahead and skip ahead 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. We were listening to an interview with the director of Barbarian who was talking about writing it, and the reason the movie is the way it is is because he also surprised himself. He had a full other movie kind of planned where the lead was going to go down into the basement and find Skarsgård, who was who had sort of ventured into like that weird labyrinth that shows up. Not a spoiler, totally in the trailer. Uh, and just as, you know, he was getting, you know, just as she was starting to find Bill Skarsgård, he just wrote, and then a giant monster comes out of nowhere and smashes his head against the wall and he's dead. It, just because... It's not at all what he was expecting, but it kept him surprised. And so now he's like, well, fuck, now I got to figure out what to do with the rest of this movie. And like, that's kind of why it is the way it is and why it's so surprising, because it's not even the movie that he had planned like when he, he first sat down to do it. Like he just cut it short himself and he was like, well, guess we're going to go see Justin Long a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, what's funny is he just sat on that script for a while. He's like, wow, what a great short film I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> And then just kind of kept thinking about it and started picking away at it and, and making it what it became. Uh, and yeah, is truly the best uh, movie-going experience of the year if you're not worshipping at the feet of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> My number one movie of the year is a movie that we've talked about a few times. A movie that... Uh, has it been brought up on this list it yet? It has not been brought up on this list yet. Wow. We are off book. We're in <laughs> uncharted territories. My favorite movie of the year, another little indie darling from the film festival circuit, is a movie called Allegoria. Wow. Yeah. This. Uh, so Allegoria was on my list. I had a feeling it would be. It was. And it, it, it just kind of... It kept getting bumped just because I feel like... Well, I'll let you talk about it because it's your number one film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's just like a very artsy film. And it's, and I think it's really appreciated by like creators and creative people. And I sure. don't know how universal an experience that is. Yeah. And I'm not writing a fucking list for everybody out there right now. <laughs> I'm writing a list of the movies that I responded to this year. And like if you're looking for something new to watch and you haven't watched something on this list... Check them out. We really liked them. We thought they were great. We don't always have the same interests as you listening, uh, but you know. Uh, All right, it's your list. This You'll is cry a if you want this to. This is totally a movie that I'm passionate about. I yeah, we've seen it a few times now. It's a movie that we just sort of like walked into at Panic Fest. Like, oh cool, yeah, you know, Spider One, the guy from Power Man Five Thousand, made a movie. Let's go check it out. Yeah, cool. I, I hear it's coming to Shutter later this year, but it's playing tonight at a movie theater. So let's uh, let's go watch it. He says that like we weren't just firmly but planted in seats at that theater the whole weekend we saw everything that played in that theater <laughs> yeah it was heaven <laughs> it was it was an incredible week and yeah this movie just kind of like completely blew me away at the film festival again at home watching it prepping for for our interview with uh with chrissy fox and, and spider one i've watched it a third time since then i and you're right it is very much a movie for creators or artists um, because that's kind of exactly what it deals with. It's it's a horror anthology that follows like a dark cloud that sort of visits 
all of these different it's being a tortured artist in the variety of different methods of art but what if that torture was a villain you know like it's a screenplay uh, a screenwriter what if that torture was bad (laughs) (laughs) it's great though like you've got you've got a painter who's sort of like uh self-loathing and depression shows up as a physical monster a screenwriter whose slasher villain literally comes out of the page to murder him in his apartment love it it's oh it's it, it it's, it's it deals with like some really it's it's one of my favorite segments is with a musician but it also has like a sculptor slash photographer slash performance artist <laughs> it's it's got an actual uh, actor and it's a really interesting uh, horror anthology in the sense that it is sort of an infinity loop like the stories are separate segments but they do feed into each other and like once you get to the end you're back at the beginning and like you could watch the movie on a loop two or three times and it would actually really make sense that would be really cool to just like watch it three times in the afternoon yeah and really let it suck your soul <laughs> <laughs> well but especially because like stuff that it's, it's not like the prestige or a uh you know stanley kubrick movie or something where like the end really oh my god there's this aha moment and it all kind of comes together but like the story really flushes out well as the stories go on. And and yeah, I do think that if you watched it twice, it would almost feel like an appropriate viewing experience for that movie. It's also only like 70 minutes. Like, how can you fucking go wrong with a 70 minute movie? Yeah, I really dug it. Super indie, like out there, Halloween Megatape, uh, like one of the more indie movies on my list. I think it was shot over like seven days. That is is the most insane thing to me. Yeah, but uh, but it's it's a movie that I have. It's the movie that I've thought about the most this entire year. And see, and that's always worth a high spot on your fucking list. Exactly. Now I'm sad I didn't put it on my list because it was on there. All right, so here is a recap of my top ten films of 2022. Uh, I started with X and Pearl, my number ten spot. That totally counts. Number nine was Prey. Number eight, Nope. Number seven, The Munsters. Number six, Fresh. Number five was Out There, Halloween Megatape, a.k.a. WNUF2. Number four, Run, Sweetheart, Run. Number three, Day Shift. Number two, Deadstream. And number one, Went to Barbarian. Yeah, it's a good list. My my list, number 10, is Missing. It's the actual title of the movie. It's not just that I've lost the movie. <laughs> number nine is The Sadness. Number eight, Dashcam. Number seven, Watcher. Number six, Deadstream. Number five is Hellbender. Number four is Barbarian. Number three goes to Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Number two, Out There, Halloween Megatape. And number one was Allegoria. I like that we had different number ones this year. Yeah, that's that doesn't happen too often yeah, anymore. Yeah, I think last year we had like my number two is your number one and your number one was my number two. Yeah. It's very close. So all, all the things I was trying to avoid, we kind of avoided anyway. Like these yeah, are both pretty we did a good lists. job this year. Yeah, High five. Okay. Woo. It is always hard trying to talk about these movies because you're just like, how do I in 30 seconds or, you know, looking at the runtime of this podcast, five minutes explain <laughs> why I think this movie is so great, especially without spoiling it, um, is is the other thing. But a lot of great movies this year. A lot of surprising movies on your top 10 list. I'll give you that. I'm sure the, the same was for me. I don't know. I'm not surprised. By no, <laughs> you're never surprised. Like, oh, you picked an arty one? Yeah, that's no surprise. Uh, and I think this is a great time to to do that really sappy thing in it being the end of the year and all and us celebrating a whole other year of thanking you guys for listening to Nightmare on Film Street this year and for joining us through all of our head-to-heads, our themed episodes, our interviews, um, and our what's keeping us 
less creepies and and everything that we've been doing this year. We switched the format up a little bit, so we went uh, back to weekly episodes and made them shorter to try to get more content more frequently. And we had a real fun time doing the podcast this year. And um, we're so grateful that we have so many fiends that share uh, in watching horror movies with us and, and and enjoying them and, you know, chatting with us on our Discord channel and joining the Fiend Club and all of that. So we wanted to thank you for another amazing year. Yeah, thank you so much. There were totally movies on our lists, especially in our like honorable mentions that are movies that you guys recommended to us. Um, so like you're, this is really a list co-signed by the listeners of the podcast. And yeah, 2022 has been great. I, I really appreciate that we switched weekly. I kind of hated putting an episode out every two weeks. Like just like as a podcast listener myself, like I like having uh, a, a new episode every week. It also was nice too to give those head-to-head episodes room to breathe. Like if there was a movie that we wanted to talk about for forty-five minutes, we could. Mm-hmm. Versus when we were doing two in one episode, it felt like we really had to keep them to like a half hour each. Yeah, and this this year too, I think we put out some of our not to like. I guess this is inadvertently a plug for the Fiend Club, but like I really loved the the bonus content that we were making on Patreon for the Fiend Club supporters. Uh, we did a full franchise binge watch of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with zero sleep. That was a lot of fun. That was crazy. We did fully themed rewatches of the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Loved that. Loved editing that. Like, making it sound like we were all sitting around a campfire. And we're going to be releasing some of those episodes uh, in a few weeks. We have a interview episode coming out next week with uh, the creators of Scare Package and Scare Package 2. Uh, but then after that, while we're in a little bit of the holiday break, we're going to we're going to share a uh, the Fiend, the Fiend Club's favorite episodes from the Never Sleep Again podcast series and the Midnight at Camp Blood podcast series. So if uh, if you've been, you know, really curious to hear what those episodes are like, we've we've got some coming up for you as a quick little holiday treat and a thank you from us for listening to the podcast. Uh, this show would be absolutely nothing if no one was listening to it. Uh, we definitely wouldn't be doing it if no one was <laughs> listening to it. And, you know, uh, a year, every single year, there are more and more podcasts, more and more horror podcasts. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to Nightmare on Film Street. Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at us all sappy. Um, if you want to talk about your favorite horror films of 2022, we want to hear them. Join our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord and hit us up with everything that you loved this year. Yeah, I mean, like, it goes without saying that there are plenty of movies we didn't have a chance to watch this year. We've still got some stuff on the watch list. Um, you know, the occasional movie that's just like, I don't know, it doesn't really look like it's going to be for us. There's a hundred other movies we could watch instead. So like, we're kind of like one or two recommendations away from watching maybe like our favorite movie of the year that should have been on the goddamn list. So if you've got something you're really passionate about that you haven't heard us talk about, please send us a recommendation uh, at nofspodcast.com slash discord. But that's it from us this week. I wanted to say this year, but we do have another episode coming out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. 
Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Thank <laughs> you.